This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the stinking truth. Uh, speaking of sneaking into the playoffs... The Broncos, your Broncos, yeah. left for dead at one and five, gave up 70 points to the Miami Dolphins. And we're wondering, boy, is Sean Payton, did you know? Did he forget how to coach in the year that he took off? Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson, is he washed? All of that. Now here they are, six and five, absolutely knee deep in the playoff hunt. How has Sean Payton done this? It's amazing, right? Win five straight games. After a one and five start, you mentioned that game against Miami was probably one of the low points in Broncos history. Oh, easily. I mean, it was easily. It was a, a butt whipping. And it was interesting in the broadcast this weekend, Vance Joseph talking to the production crew, talking about how we haven't forgotten that. Like that is that is a rallying cry to, hey man, if we're not on our P's and Q's, I'm not even sure what P's and Q's are, by the way. We had this discussion Pints once. Pints and courts or something I think like that? it is something like that. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's old. Right. It's as old as the hills. Like, <laughs> you want a pint or you want a court? I think it's unlike It has that. to do with drinking yeah. beer, I think. Yeah. Ale. Prob- Prob- ale. Had to be ale. Yeah. A tankard of ale. Yes. Um, what we're talking about? Um, oh, yeah. If you don't pay attention to what's going on, you are going to get, like, you're going to get throttled. We're not good enough to just show up. We've got to be on point at all times. And, you know, and it's one of those rallying cries. I, I'm like, I was mentioning this to you earlier and, and not to bring, you know, bring past history back into it, my past history, but I am my favorite topic. You so, hate talking about yeah, yourself. So I'm going to go ahead and go with, so what shy. I, with what I know. And that's me. Um, <laughs> losing a playoff game in 1996, the Broncos being a number one seed and losing that playoff game was seriously the catalytic event that drove us to back-to-back championships. I mean, we get in a game in the middle of the third quarter going, hey, don't let this ha- don't let that, don't yeah. let that Jacksonville thing happen again. Come on, let's roll. Like, hey, I don't want to come in and meet with these damn coaches. I don't want to have anything to do with these guys on Mondays because we get Mondays without having to meet with the coach if you won. Right. So, I mean, there was there was these things that were really that game was really a, a driving force in winning back-to-back championships. And that game against Miami where you got beat 70-20 to 20, is probably or has been a driving force for this Broncos team to say hey, nobody believes in us. And as long as we believe in ourselves and, 
and take care of our business, we got a chance. For them to do what they've done, and a lot of it, like Sean Payton, I'll give him a ton of credit. Here's what we are, but more importantly, here's what we're not. And we're going to play to what we are, and we're going to mitigate all the things that we're not. We're not going to put ourselves in those positions. They're running the ball. They're controlling the time of possession. And I'm going to I'm going to do something that I probably haven't done on this podcast in a year. I'm going to praise Russell Wilson. Because as cringeworthy as he can be at times, right, and as cliche as he can be at times, and he's all those things, and that's just kind of who he is. His unselfishness playing the quarterback position is one of the reasons the Broncos have won five straight games. You know, you can shelf all this let Russ cook stuff because obviously what went down last year, that didn't work. But the bottom line is this with Russ. He is dumping it off to the backs. He is not taking sacks. They are running it far more than they're throwing it. They're limiting his opportunities to drop back. They've got the quick passing game with bubble screens and with swing passes and screens and all the things they're doing out of the backfield. And then occasionally it's, hey, man, when things break down and the first read isn't open, scramble around and make a play for us. And it's exactly what Russ was great at in Seattle, the way he won a ton of close games in Seattle. That's how they did it. And it's basically taking that blueprint and saying, Russ, this is how we're going to win. And him being able to go, all right, I'm okay with that. 134 yards. I think he was 13 to 20 something. I mean, it, it you know, it is it's the blueprint for how you win football games when your roster maybe isn't necessarily constructed exactly the way you want it to be constructed. But is it the long term answer there in Denver? Because his his story is fascinating because he is playing much better than he did last year. Mm-hmm. They're winning, and yet his contract looms sure. over all this. Because mm-hmm. for those who aren't familiar with Russ's contract, um, if they move on from hit it after this season, they can spread out the cap hit, which is a massive cap hit, right. some, I think $85 million, but they can spread it out over two years. But here's the problem. If they bring him back for next year, right. his salary for 2025 automatically becomes guaranteed. So he's playing well, but is he playing well enough to justify a two-year commitment right. at close to, what, $100 bucks? Yeah. Could you, could you sit there and say, hey, listen, based on running the football and getting, you know, 35 carries a game from our running backs or 30 carries a game from our running backs and another four or five designed runs from our quarterback and dominating the line of scrimmage and throwing swing passes and bubble screens and, you know, little little hitch routes and, and you know, the boot keep game and all that kind of stuff and having a couple quarterback design runs. Could we get the same type of production from a rookie that we think has a higher ceiling? And essentially, you know, we'll still be having that huge salary at the quarterback position. But by the time that comes off our books, our rookie quarterback is still under his rookie contract. Yeah. And so, therefore, we're theoretically, we can build around that guy and create a better offensive kind of personnel 
But then again, are you watching Russell Wilson right now? Does he look like the Russell Wilson that you covered in Seattle? Yeah. Well, then that's the guy the Broncos traded for, gave up first-round right. picks, and gave a $250 million contract to. I, so if that's yeah. the case, then they should be happy to move on with him for I the next think, couple of years. Yeah, and I think the other thing that's that's interesting is how will the offense evolve? How will he grow? Like, like how will Sean Payton create opportunities for that growth process? Still knowing, hey, man, there's certain things that every player, and this is not – this is not me bagging on Russ. Every player, myself included, there are things that we don't do well. I know the things I don't do well, right? And I try to keep myself out of those positions as a, as a player. And every player has a few things that they don't necessarily do well, and that's the coaches. That's your job as a player to recognize that in yourself. And it's the coach's job to make sure that you know Hey, these are the things we're not going to do. I'm not putting you in this position. Final thought. We uh, watched the Chiefs finally kind of figure some things out, scoring in the second half, 17 second-half yeah. points for a team that's been the worst second-half offense Correct. in the NFL. I still – it's mind-blowing to say. has it? Did Patrick Mahomes figure something out? Is he starting to get comfortable with who he's throwing to? And that's good news for the Chiefs. And bad news for the rest of the NFL. Well, I will say this. What's the kid's name? Uh, Rice. Uh, Rasheed Rice. Rice. He had eight catches in that game. And we have over 100 yards receiving. And we have talked about, you know, ad nauseum nationally and locally, anywhere you're at, they got to have somebody else other than Travis Kelsey. And... All of a sudden, if they can get that development, take some pressure off a couple of the other receivers and have you know their running backs get involved in, like Isaiah Pacheco and all those in the passing game, just to take the pressure off of off of Travis Kelsey and off of you know Patrick Mahomes, then all of a sudden, with what they've built on the defensive side of the ball, and we talked about this, like there's this, and this is the the most chiefy thing ever, right? Like last chiefy. year, yes. last year they were developing a bunch of young kids. They, at some points when they were playing dime, they, they had seven rookies on the football field for them defensively. And they, they kept grooming those kids and those kids kept getting better and better. And by the time they hit the Super Bowl, man, that defense was legit. That defense has been pretty much legit all year as they're figuring out, Who's going to step up at the receiver position to give us an opportunity to be special? And if this Rice kid is is all of a sudden developing into that guy, um, man, I'll tell you what, good things, good things going to happen with the Chiefs, right? Which is just like eating a turd sandwich, having to say that. That's tough for you, isn't it? And I hate that. Yep. Yeah. But it, it's true. Like, it's true. Like, the Chiefs, the Chiefs are still that team, you know? They're still the team probably – to beat in the AFC, wouldn't you say? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If only they had a chance to play San Francisco to find out how good they really are. Good call. That's a good San Francisco kicked their ass.